The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Searching for just the right job? Whether you're looking for full-time, part-time, or seasonal work, you can get started today. Amazon Jobs offer the whole package with great pay and flexible shifts that allow you to choose when and how much you work. Find a warehouse close to home and discover the role that works for you. To get your application started for an hourly job, go to Amazon.com slash apply. That's Amazon.com slash apply. Amazon is proud to be an equal opportunity employer. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You, too, could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. This episode is powered by Poddex. Poddex are unique interview questions and episode starting prompts in the palm of your hand. So whether you're a new podcaster or existing broadcaster looking to grow your audience and have more meaningful conversations, you're going to want to check out Poddex. Now, if you want to get 10% off your order right now, you can go to poddex.com and type in coupon code, what's the code? Larry21. Yes, that's the code. Check out poddex.com. Take your podcast to the next level. Welcome to the Cinema Gold Show. I'm your host, Larry Lease. Today we're diving into the latest box office news, movie news, and streaming news from around the industry. This episode is powered by Pondex. Pondex are unique interview questions and episode starting prompts in the palm of your hand. Whether you're a new podcaster or existing broadcaster looking to grow your audience or get more engagement, you're going to want to check out Pondex.com and use the code Larry21 for 10% off your order. Doctor Strange 2 has liberated the weekend box office, earning $450 million globally. The Multiverse of Madness has pulled in $185 million domestically, giving it a $450 million global haul. Marvel has done it again, with an incredible opening for Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. The anticipated sequel has opened with a domestic haul of $185 million, incredible opening that's already made the film the third highest grossing movie of the year. Factoring in the film's overseas profits, Doctor Strange 2 has already pulled in an impressive $450 million. Of course, this puts 
in the Multiverse of Madness in the number one spot at the box office by far, as number two was not even close. The animated feature, The Bad Guys, fall, fell into the number two spot in its third weekend in theaters, but this comes after holding the top spot for two weekends in a row. That film has pulled in $9.7 million domestically, adding to its haul of $57.5 million in three weekends. Reviews for the film were also rather strong, and they look to do a sequel. Sonic the Hedgehog 2 is number three at the box office for the weekend after first setting some of its own records. It is the highest grossing video game adaptation of all time, surpassing the success of the acclaimed original that was released just prior to the pandemic. The Sonic sequel has claimed another 7.1 million in the US and Canada, which brings its total domestic haul up to 170 million. The big budget sequel, Fantastic Beasts, The Secret of Dumbledore, came in at the number four spot with 3.9 million. Its total domestic haul is now up to 86 million with its fourth weekend in theaters. About 100,000 less than what Doctor Strange 2 just premiered with. Globally, it has garnered 363 million overall, but the numbers are well below what Warner Brothers have been hoping for with this Harry Potter franchise feature. Mixed reviews and a boycott by Johnny Depp fans may have contributed to disappointing ticket sales. You have to give credit to the sleeper hit Everything Everywhere All at Once, which is in the number 5 spot after 7 weekends in theaters. It was not marketed quite as heavily as the big budget films that it's surrounding by at the box office, but word of mouth coupled with strong reviews has kept have kept pulling in filmgoers to see the movie every weekend. It pulled in 3 million to land at 41.5 total domestically. Not bad for a film with a $25 million budget that has been competing with such high-profile movies. As always, we get these numbers from the numbers over at the-numbers.com and the full top 10 list is Doctor Strange at number 1 with 185 million, Bad Guys at number 2, 9.7 million, Sonic Hedgehog 2 at 7.1 million, Fantastic Beasts, like we said, at number four with 3.9 million. Everything at Everywhere All at Once is 3.3 million. The Northman is at number six with 2.7 million. The Lost City is at number seven at 2.5 million. Nicolas Cage's movie, The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent, comes in at number eight at 1.5 million. Memory comes in at nine at 1.2 million. And to round it all out, at number 10 is Father Stew at 800,000. And now let's move on to our next topic. Star Trek Strange New Worlds Episode 1 Review. The first episode of Star Trek Strange New Worlds is a thrilling return to the foundational principles of the franchise. Anchored by Anson Mount's fantastic central performance, as the Star Trek franchise has expanded in recent years, so has the debate about what these series are supposed to be and do. What makes a show quintessentially Star Trek? What kinds of stories are these properties meant to tell? After all, in the year 2022, the world seems more divided than ever before, wrangling or reeling from the lingering effects of a global pandemic, rising inflation, and a political environment that seems targeted to anger the worst in us, rather than exhort us to be our best. Our entertainment is increasingly bleak, often full of edgy anti-heroes, disheartening conspiracy theories, grim monsters, dangerous technology, 
Even Star Trek has dipped its proverbial toe into the darker narrative waters with both Star Trek Picard and Star Trek Discovery, frequently wrestling with much more complex themes and nihilistic stories than any of their predecessors did. In light of all of this, it is incredibly naive to still believe in Gene Roddenberry's version, or vision, excuse me, of a future where humanity has conquered its worst impulses in the name of becoming its best self. That we might one day all actually be able to boldly go together into a better, more perfect future. Or given, well, everything happening around us, is his detrimental message of hope and a belief in a better tomorrow somehow more necessary than it's ever been? Star Trek Strange New Worlds appears to be the franchise's attempt to answer that question. It's a big-hearted, rollicking return to the foundational principles of the show that started it all. Firmly grounded in the deeply personal story of the captain at its center, it is joyous, impeccably cast, and something I haven't really regularly said about Star Trek in some time. Incredibly fun to watch. From its off-handed callbacks and easter eggs to its thoughtful character dynamics and gorgeous visuals, everything about this show reflects the care that has been put into creating it. And if we are going to trust the USS Enterprise to anyone, who better than some obvious fellow nerds who clearly love it as much as we do? Yes, the premiere episode, Strange New Worlds, has an awful lot of setup, a lot to do, but the series' introductory hour never drags or feels bogged down by its expository duties. The series pilot initially picks up with everyone we originally met on Discovery, and where their stories have gone post-season 2 finale. Captain Pike is in Montana wrestling with the foreknowledge of the future that includes radiation disfigurement, paralysis, and physical agony. Spock getting engaged to a woman who seems way much cooler than he is on Vulcan. And number one is a workaholic on a first contact mission with the USS Archer. It is her disappearance on that mission that brings Pike and the Enterprise crew back to space a bit earlier than the originally scheduled. They've got to find her and bring her home. It's also an easy excuse to introduce us to the rest of the series' main cast, which includes a mix of new and familiar classic faces, or at least characters whose names we've heard before. There's Cadet Yahora, the show's new take on a younger version of the iconic Star Trek original series character, presented as a young woman fresh out of Starfleet Academy, a linguistic prodigy who's clearly deeply excited about all the adventures that await her. Dr. Mbenga, a character who appeared in all the two episodes of the original series, but still is running things in sickbay alongside Nurse Christine Chapel, who's Demonstrable smarts and ability to think outside the box indicate she's likely going to have much more to do on this series than pine after Spark, after Spock. New security officer Singh has a familiar name and a dark history of her own. No feisty helmsman Erica Ortegas has little in the way of defining characteristics as yet she at least seems pretty fun. While we may not know much about most of these people as yet, the show nevertheless quickly establishes the larger group's chemistry as easy and believable. But it's impossible to talk about why Strange New Worlds works so well without talking about Anson Mount, whose central performance as Captain Christopher Pike remains as no perfect as it was when he was guest starring on Discovery. There are moments where it feels like we all essentially will this entire show into existence because his casting in this role is so perfect. 
And I'd like that to be true because, whew, y'all, we were right. Aggressively, normal, in all the best ways, and bursting with every man charm. Pike blends the best of classic Trek nostalgia with more modern sensibilities, resulting in a leader who's as skilled at empathy, kindness, and consensus building as he is fighting. I've spoken previously at some length about why this Pike is so necessary and important in the strange in the Star Trek universe. And I'm help, happy to tell you that Strange New Worlds has fully leaned into this interpretation of the character, refusing the temptation to turn his story into a dark tragedy, but instead embracing the idea that his journey is ultimately one of self-determination and hope. After all, if nothing we do matters, then all that truly matters is what we do. In the end, if original series episodes, the menagerie is always going to be waiting for him, no matter what. Then the true question Pike must answer isn't how to feel about that fate, but what's he going to do with the time that he's been given to him until it comes to pass? There are certainly plenty of interesting places to take that sort of story. Will Pike make riskier choices simply because he knows that he's not going to die on a random away mission? Will he make less dangerous decisions because while he can essentially guarantee his own safety, he can't guarantee the safety of his crew. Or will he do his best to let his shipmates and those they come in contact with find their fates for themselves? Strange New Worlds may clearly be setting itself up to tell easily digestible weekly adventures, and I think there is certainly space within this franchise of space shows for one that just wants to roam the galaxy in search of new cultures and cool aliens. But after watching this pilot, it seems clear that it's also inevitably going to be a story about the nature of fate and the consequences of the choice we make for ill, yes, but also inexorably and relentlessly for good. Because goodness, the idea of being a good person, doing good in the world, is still something we have to choose to do every day. Perhaps somewhere all your ends are written as indelibly as mine. But I choose to believe that your destinies are still your own, Pike tells the warring factions of Cleans as part of an uplifting speech about why they don't have to tear themselves apart the way those on Earth did once. Maybe that's why I'm here, to remind you of the power of possibility. In the end, that seems to be nothing so much as a mission statement for strange new worlds. And it is always better to travel, hopefully, to lead with empathy and to believe that our better angels can carry the day in the end. Even if we have to bend the rules a little bit along the way to help them do so. To remember when we fell in love with this franchise in the first place. And the simple, powerful message it still carries. And hope all things are possible. So as Captain Pike himself would say, hit it. Let us know your thoughts on episode one in the comments section below. Were you a fan of um, Star Trek Discovery? Did you enjoy this first episode of Strange New Worlds? Let us know. Let us know what enterprise characters you want to show you want to see appear on future episodes or future seasons and now let's dive into our next topic the one that we've been waiting to discuss for the past weekend and that is dr strange the multiverse of madness and our review Director Sam Raimi returns to Marvel for the mind-melting Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, one of the weirdest and most ambitious MCU projects of all time. 
There have been some whispers over the past year that post-Avengers Endgame, Marvel Studios, and the MCU have been kind of wobbly. Most of that hushed chatter is due to the less than stellar performances, both critically and financially, of films like Black Widow and Eternals, as well as the inconsistent quality of the studio's Disney Plus offerings. Was it possible that the mighty MCU might have lost its direction and momentum once the Infinity Saga ended? Last December's acclaimed Spider-Man No Way Home put a lot of that speculation to rest, and now we're here to tell you that Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness wraps it in a sack and buries it in a rooftop garden. Directed by Sam Raimi, who is making his first Marvel movie and first superhero outing since completing his pre-MCU web-slinging trilogy in 2007 with Spider-Man 3, Multiversal Madness lives up to its title in all sorts of ways. This is indeed a wild hang-on-to-your-hat ride through a del deliciously weird and often bonkers story known as the multiverse. Full of mind-bending moments, trippy twists, and a fistful of surprises. So genuine that even Danny Elfman's majestic score might not plot out the sound of millions of diehard Marvel fans' jaws shattering as they hit the theater floor. It's also very much a Sam Raimi movie and perhaps the most singularly identifiable vision of an MCU director since James Gunn sprang Guardians of the Galaxy on us nearly eight years ago. And more to the point, it's a Sam Raimi horror movie. Or at least what would look like it in the Marvel sandbox. Demons, monsters, reanimated corpses, jump scares, doppelgangers, and supernatural manifestations fill every corner of the often Dutch-angled screen as Raimi races from scene to scene with barely a breath in between. Yes, it's also very much in line with Raimi's ability to empathize with even the most lost souls in all his movies part of the director's toolbox that's supported by Michael Waldron's zigzagging yet heartfelt script, two storylines sit at the center of the madness, the unworkable and out-of-reach love affair between Stephen Strange and Christine Palmer, and more importantly, the obsessive quest of Wanda Maximoff to find her children somewhere out there in the multiverse, children that her fraying mind refuses to believe don't actually exist. It's Wanda's search for her two sons, directly following the events of 2021's WandaVision series, that makes it fortuitous when she crosses path with America Chavez, a young woman who seems to be the only person in existence with the ability to travel between universes. But America's power is also exceedingly dangerous to the existence of any universe through which she passes, forcing Strange, Sorcerer Supreme Wong, and Wanda to face some hard, strange choices as they realize the fate of all the realities is at stake. We won't reveal much more than that. Multiverse of Madness rolls out its narrative and fits and starts, and Raimi's headlong, head-spinning approach to storytelling occasionally leads to the director to get it in his own way. Reflecting its own title, Multiverse of Madness has a frantic, on-the-edge-of-losing-control feel that sends it careening towards its next set-piece while the rest of us catch up. Sometimes the movie forcefully stops for an exposition dump that's jarring, but Raimi's tilting, whirling camera quickly dashes off again to the next tableau. It's one of those in which Doctor Strange is introduced to the, the famed, I should say, Marvel Comics tribunal known as the Illuminati. 
that will make a number of heads in the audience explode. There is fan service here aplenty. Some of it already hinted at, some unexpected. Drawing astonishing gaps from members of the audience that during my showing that I watched. Which I felt was kind of out of place. Like when I saw those, uh, that fan service during that scene in the Illuminati, you knew it was coming. Like it was all hinted over on Twitter. The actors involved have hinted at it. Like it's best now, I would say it's best not to even hint that, oh, I'm not playing uh, Spider-Man in No Way Home. And oh, lo and behold, Andrew Garfield shows up. I think it's time they just stop even commenting on it. Because they keep denying that they're going to be in the film, but you know they're going to be. So it's not really a scene that kind of shocked me that, oh my gosh, these characters are back. But anyways, it's also a moment that feels like it's right out of the comics, and if anything, Raimi leans hard into comic book imagery, even more so than any of his three Spider-Man movies. In fact, Multiverse of Madness might be the most outright comic booky film in the entire MCU to date. Not an easy task in a film series based on more than six decades of the damn thing. Whereas earlier MCU installments might have held back or spoon-fed their more bizarre elements. Multiverse of Madness throws it all against the wall in often messy yet gloriously bizarre fashion. Cumberbatch has grown increasingly comfortable in Strange's cloak with each of his now six live-action appearances in the MCU, and he's ably assisted by Wong, who throws off a lot of his previous funny sidekick vibe in favor of a more substantial presence. McAdams, reduced a little more than a stand-in in the original Strange origin story, is also given more to do. Gomez, who's got appealing screen presence and fits the part, is too often reduced to the role of exposition machine in the course of the film's events, and her performance suffers for it. The top acting honors, however, go to Olsen as Wanda, who brings real, palpable, heartbreaking grief to the part, along with an electrifying single-mindedness that makes you believe she's one of the most powerful creatures in the MCU. The arc started for Wanda way back in 2015's Avengers Age of Ultron reaches its summit here, and Olsen gives it her all with raw force. Visually, the film isn't always striking, but there are Raimi trademarks aplenty, including whip pans, sudden tilts, zooms, inside-out viewpoints. It comes to life the most during its trippier sequences, including one show-stopping plunge through a cascading series of universes that is psychedelic and strangely unnerving. Elfman's score also adds a great deal to the sense of disorientation, mixing grandiose strings with discordant single notes on the piano, and even the occasional screeching guitar. Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness probably won't earn any new fans for the MCU, and may even turn some moviegoers off, as it's definitely a harder, more violent outing than we've seen from Marvel to date, and also doesn't always land right. It is shaggy and occasionally jumps its own tracks, but it will please the legions of established fans by embracing the comic book weirdness of it, all with vigor and abandon. As Sam Raimi creates possibly the MCU's most off-the-wall entry yet, ironic 
that it would take such a crazily unsteady but rich movie to help steady the Marvel ship. Let us know your thoughts in the comments section below. What did you think of the Multiverse of Madness? And in regards to the Illuminati scene, if you've seen it, were you shocked by the, I guess you want to call them cameos that were there? Or did you also see that coming? Leave a comment in the comment section below. And as always, if you want to support the show, you can buy us a coffee at buymeacoffee.com slash cinemagold. Your support helps the channel grow, upgrade our equipment, bring in new hosts, and hopefully take this show on the road one day. Your support can help them make can help make that happen. Whether it's a dollar, two dollars, twenty dollars, fifty dollars, anything you can give helps the show. And as always, thank you so much for watching and listening. We will see you next time. You have been watching the Cinema Gold Show. Follow us on Twitter at Cinema Gold Show. Find us on Instagram at The Cinema Gold Show. And on Facebook. Facebook.com slash The Cinema Gold Show. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. This is Claudia's O'Reilly Auto Parts story. I had just moved to a new city and barely even knew where the grocery store was yet. When my car wouldn't start one morning, I didn't know who to ask about local shops. But I remembered a name from back home, O'Reilly Auto Parts. I called and they pointed me to a great mechanic just down the street. Now, I feel a little more at home. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.